Welcome to Ask the Educator, a podcast brought to you by Healthmark Industries. Are you a sterile processing technician or manager? Maybe you work in infection prevention or biomedical engineering. Whether you're a frontline tech, endoscopy tech, OR nurse, or surgical services administrator, you undoubtedly have influence in medical device processing at your facility. In each episode, we speak with experts from the Healthmark Clinical Affairs team, industry leaders, or special guests from the trenches to answer your questions and bring you relevant industry information, equipping you for excellence in medical device processing. My name is Kevin Anderson, and I will be your host. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Ask the Educator podcast. This is your host, Kevin Anderson, and with me, as you can see, I have some guests. Go ahead, guys. I'm the co-host, Adam Okada, clinical education specialist. Uh, Stefan Kovac, educator emeritus, Healthmark Industries. Melinda Elamari, clinical education specialist for Healthmark Industries. Excellent. So for this episode, we wanted to do something a little bit different. Uh, this is our 100th episode. Yeah, all right. Yeah, over all the right. course of several years now, right? Wait, uh, so does that the, mean we get cake? It, Okay. That's a very good idea, but uh, unless you bought it, yeah. (laughs) But that being said, guys, I just wanted to kind of do a look back on the podcast itself. Uh, I wanted to make sure and bring some heightened awareness to the fact that, hey, we've been around a little while now. It's not like we just started the podcast. So if there are people out there who may be just now finding out about the podcast, we can kind of go over some of the highlights and things like that that we've covered some of the topics, maybe what makes us different, that kind of thing, and then maybe draw some more attention to some of the episodes that, that people might be interested sure. that, that we've done in the past. So um, starting off, why don't we just touch on, you know, why did we start the podcast in the first place? And we can just kind of go around. Adam? I mean, I, the one other thing I love about the Ask the Educator podcast is it's educational. And we talk about educational topics, and uh, there's a lot of podcasts out there about the industry, but I love that there's one that people can have for just education. If they want to learn something, they want to go deeper into a topic, you know, I feel like that's what this podcast is all about. I, I agree with you. We don't offer CEUs. We try to bring topics and people who have researched or know that topic, and we look at it differently. And we do know that podcasts, you don't have the interaction as if you're in a real live setting in a meeting, but we're trying to bring topics of interest and that's what's really, I think, sets us apart. I think for me, too, the thing that I love about you know us starting this podcast and being a part of it is we're closing the loop for the education styles that are out there, right? People learn. Some are auditory learners. Some are visual, you know, and some learn better by reading. I am not that person. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I think that just gives somebody this, you know, a, a half an hour quick education. Like, I can listen to this quick on my ride to work. I learn something and I can bring that in and teach the other people in my job or help educate some more people in my field. Yeah, yeah I love the part that you mentioned about, you know, listen to it on the commute. That's definitely a place where I tend to listen to uh, podcasts is when I'm commuting to work or, or some other uh, facility for work. Um, but that being said, one of the things that I, I definitely uh, should bring up is that we kind of started this podcast even though it was in the in the works for a while i suppose in, in terms of an idea but the pandemic definitely oh. 
forced our hand a little bit in that, you know, we all of a sudden were not able to do the in-person education that we were so, uh, you know, big into at the time. The chapter meetings were huge. Mm -hmm. I remember the first one I went to when I was hired by Healthmark was CCSA, and there was over 100 people there. I haven't been to one with over 100 people since then. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> these, you know, virtual platforms or the podcast-type platforms have been really good for that. And, you know, when the pandemic really hit hard, uh, that was just an obvious avenue to get some, you know, quality education into the masses. The thing that's great about podcasts is you can basically listen to them on any platform you choose, at any time you choose, all of those things. So that's definitely one of the big ones in terms of the why for me. Yeah. Yeah. And over the last, I mean, it's three and a half years now we've been doing the podcast. So uh, not as long as you, you've been the original, uh, but uh, a lot of topics that we've covered over that three and a half years. So I'm going to start with you, but what are some of those things that are highlights and things that we've covered that you are memorable or maybe memorable guests, things like that? Yeah. Um, great question, Adam. I, you know, as we kind of go over some of these older topics and even some of the guests that we mentioned, I want to make sure that everyone out there who has been a guest, we appreciate you. I, I, there's no way I can remember or name every single one of you, so please don't take offense to me forgetting or leaving you out of this conversation. But one that definitely stands out to me uh, was kind of early on. And that was actually with you, Adam, uh, before you were a Healthmark employee. And we also had Harry Alsorin from the WFHSS on that mm -hmm. st stuff. Yeah. And you, you introduced him, and he was a great guest to have on along with Adam. That was memorable for me as well, because yeah. he, he was hard to keep up with. He definitely yeah. knows his stuff. And, and I think that's what podcasting has allowed all of us to do, is it's easy to bring people from somewhere else and talk yeah. about a topic. And that is what is really important, is trying to understand what we need to talk about and not just come up with whatever, but people who research and know what they're doing. And that's, I think, what sets us apart. And you said it, COVID pushed us to do something because Healthmark has been known as providing free speakers, going in and doing all-day programs or partial programs yeah. or doing a lot of things. And we needed to find our own way. And I do want to give the people at Beyond Clean a shout-out. They were doing this before everybody else. And they showed that there is a way to get information to people all around the world. So I want to say to Hank and those guys, way to go. You've shown us the importance of a podcast and everybody who's doing it is finding their own way that they think is the best way to serve the industry. And this is how we're doing it. You know, that's everybody's different. So you got that smorgasbord. Like you were yeah. saying, people learn differently in yeah. audio and, and so on from there. And we would not be and remiss without saying that. It seems Thank like you. everybody's got, you know, like the, to your point, their own niche in the podcast industry lately of like ARN, you know, AST, you know, and everybody's pulling in 
and trying to give information in tidbit formats to help people grasp that information, um, you know, or making a platform where people can just listen to, you know, whoever. We, ha- we have so many different podcasts out there, you know, Murder Mystery Podcast, yeah. um, you know, and it's so much beyond, you know, what your likes are and stuff. So I think just what we're trying to do in the industry to Stefan's point of educate and help bring that to this industry is amazing. I want to so. say one quick thing because sure. Melinda uh, does some podcasts with the packaging. She loves packaging and <laughs> sterile barriers, right? That is one of your passion. That's what great Absolutely. all of us here at Healthmark, um, we all different. bring different expertise together, and she knows different people, but she's been on other companies' podcasts. We've all been beyond clean. Yep. We've been on other ones. So it's how do we make sure we're getting you what you need to, to talk about? And like we've had Nancy Chobin. We've had so many other different people out there. And also we had Jill, the IP from... Um, uh, Emory, and we've had a whole lot of other people to come talk about. And you said at the beginning of COVID, remember we had some people talking about how they were redoing masks from the University of Michigan, mm-hmm. remember? So yep. if you think back and you want to go and listen to these, <laughs> this is a plug. Things. Subscribe. Yeah. Hit subscribe. No, no, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> Share with your friends. Yeah. Share with your friends. No, no. Go ahead. But it's true. that Actually, there is truth in that because I think back to when I was managing an apartment and the way I learned about insulation testing was literally a, a, a sales rep came, walked in on a cold call one day, and I happened to open the door and was there and listened to what they had to say about insulation testing. And now if you think about it, I, before that time, had not heard of insulation testing. We were not performing that step at all. In fact, the only insulation tester in our department was in my office, and I didn't even know it. Oh, right? nice. Yeah, so, so the, the, the reason I say that is because we can have better reach with a podcast and, and, and if, in the sense that if we don't have to rely on people physically going around to building the building to teach these valuable things and we can simply put it on a podcast, the hope is that people will hear it, learn it wherever they are and be able to put in meaningful uh, patient-friendly uh, or patient safety practices into place without having to wait in some sort of corner sure. of the, the world where they don't get the information. Uh, unfortunately or fortunately, however you look at it, I came from the OR, so I didn't just come with that knowledge that, hey, we need to perform this mm-hmm. vital mm-hmm. insulation testing step, which I, wa- I bring that up for obvious reasons. One, it, it was impactful in my own career, but we also covered it Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very much in the podcast. There were ST79 updates, uh, amendments that spoke very specifically to insulation testing, and it's something we're all very passionate about. And you can find up to date information in the podcast on that. Mm-hmm. And, and, go ahead. Oh, I'm no, sorry. No, no. I was just going to say, and to your point, you know, we've heard so much in the industry about insulation testing, right? With the new amendment coming out, highlighting the importance of insulation testing, us talking about it, all these different podcasts out there. But yet, people might say, well, why do we still need information on this? Why do we still need a podcast about this? Because we still go into facilities and it's not being done. So it it does sound like, you know, and I will admit, listening to different podcasts, it's like, 
oh, insulation testing, this is repetitive. Oh, flexible scopes, this is repetitive. However, that information is not really being disseminated enough to reach those people who really need to hear it. And we got to remember, like, most of the people who are sitting here listening to our podcasts and stuff, they are on another level of, you know, want and desire (laughs) and, like, you know, that earning to learn. So, you know, we need it to reach and spread to other people and that information to be spread. You know, Adam, you've been um, on the forefront in using, again, I'm old, mass media or the Internet for education. Sure. You know, before you came to work with us, you, you were doing it on your own and, and, and still have teaching. Well, how do you see all this working out in helping the industry and the technician because well we really there's two levels technician and managers but what have you seen the change in the last 10 15 20 30 40 50 years you've been in here 20 some years you've been in it almost 20 you're you're over 30 and i'm not going to say how many but you've seen it tell tell us how it impacts I, I think that what's happened in the industry is the same people that were going to the conferences before, the same people that would show up in person and go to those in-person events are the same people that seek out the information online. So those same people that want to learn and are passionate about learning and want to do better for the patients, they're still the ones that are going out and looking for that stuff. What we need to get is into places that are not looking for it. They don't even know that there's a gap in their knowledge. And I think that's what's difficult about it. So it's on all of us really to to share and disseminate this information to everybody, as many people as we can. I think that's why we're so passionate here at HealthMark, Mm -hmm. is that we really just want to get this message to as many people as possible in as many different avenues as we can create, whether it's YouTube or or the podcast or or going out in person and going all over the country to speak. It's really just we need to get that message of education out. And we're still behind. It's still Mm -hmm. not where we need to be. And and I'm old school, so I'm used to um, in front of people and then they can ask you questions. And I'm a real old school. For those of you who don't know, uh, Dan Mayworm in the Journal of Materials Management, in the back last page, if you go find some from the 1980s, and I have some and I can show you, and I've showed it to you, Kevin. There was the last page, and you would write your question, and you would put your address of where you wanted somebody to send you the information. <laughs> That's really what was going on, you know, 35 or more years ago and now look at we can get to people and that's what's changing but that one-on-one even though this is great i believe the networking is what's being lost and is there a way we can do a better job or how do we you know you were saying what do we do kevin or melinda or whatever i think and to your point i mean that's a great point that as amazing as a podcast is and as amazing as our webinars are, there is definitely something lacking with that. Being in person, meeting your fellow coworkers outside of the department, meeting people from different areas, getting involved in your chapters and stuff like that. I mean, all of that just adds and it's a networking concept that you never know when your next job or your promotion will come from or who you're even talking to in those different arenas. And so those lead to different opportunities for you. And I think we need to find a way to make an even playing field of 
going to webinars, having those kind of things, using podcasts, but not forgetting the importance of being next to each other and saying, hi, you know, Stefan, my name is Melinda. I'm amazing, if you didn't know, (laughs) Um, you know, and so just getting our names out there and being able to do that, I think it's, it's severely lacking. We have great platforms, right? You know, you have, we have the other platforms for webinars where you can like go into rooms and talk to each Mm -hmm. other. And once again, those are fantastic for different events and bring people like we can pull people from other countries Mm -hmm. and stuff. And that's crazy to me. I mean, technology wise, but I think we just we need to remember that we need to be we need to create a balance of that. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like the accessibility that is second to none, like now with podcasts and webinars and all that reaching the far ends of the world, all you know through a stream or whatever, those are great, but they also kind of uh, you know a little bit take the legs out of the in-person meetings, yeah. which is where you can convert somebody like former Kevin, who really didn't care about attending a weekend educational event or whatever. I didn't feel like I needed this stuff, right? Uh, but eventually, I don't even know what you know uh, circumstance triggered this, but eventually I realized that the, the tremendous value in all of this stuff. I think it was because I went to a ARN conference as a manager. It was a chap- like a small chapter conference. And I learned something very valuable for sterile processing uh, management, which was the OR case cart audit. And we were able to make major, major quality strides. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I I can't believe we haven't done these things forever and throughout my whole career. So it's like, hopefully we can use these to kind of, again, bolster uh, the attendance at the in-person meetings yeah. and kind of build that up both for networking and educational purposes. You know, I'm, I have bookends here, and I'm going to say Healthmark is very lucky. I have the president of the North Carolina group, and I have the president of the Central, Central California, California uh, SA. I, my mind's going blank, but <laughs> here are two people that are presidents who are trying to get people to come to these meetings and to interact, but I'm going to go back. For me, when I first started in Michigan, we had four different groups, and one was the Greater Detroit. We met eight to ten months every year and had an annual meeting, but every month you'd go to a different hospital, you'd do a potluck, you present something, and you'd get a CEU, but then you got to tour a department and talk to people. That's being lost. We have groups failing now. There are, there are chapters that are failing, and we have some presidents who are four or five years, they can't get anybody to run. And it's very disheartening that people don't see the value of going to an in-person meeting. Plus, they're listening to us here, but we're not giving you CEUs. <laughs> but how do we, like you say, how do we tie in to have the people still listen and watch all this stuff, but still go to in-person, you know? I think you got to get people to take the initiative, take that next step, right? So... Uh, it's great if you want to learn. It's great if you're you're getting the listen to the podcast. It's great if you're doing the webinars and all these things. But you have to be able to uh, take that into action and put it in your own departments and to take it into chapters. Start a local chapter if you don't have one. You know those are things that we can do as as technicians or leaders in the industry is take this information we have and start sharing it in person like that. 
So the podcast is, and I love our podcast. I mean, it is. We're I not think, partial at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but, uh, but, and I love that it's about education because, again, the the way this gets spread is through as many avenues as possible. But it's until people take that next step and say, you know what? I'm fired up. I want to start doing something. I'm going to go start a chapter. Or I'm going to join my chapter and try to make some positive changes within that chapter. Mm-hmm. Get some more people yeah. into meetings and start recruiting people. Get them fired up, too. It's only going to happen if we all take that initiative to fire others up. Before you speak, I forgot we have one other person who's not with us. Sharon's president of the... That's right. The, 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 PWS. Yeah, now, whatever. Yes. The Pacific <laughs> West... Uh, yes. Whatever, great group out there. I'm just little, you know, adult ADD. No, go ahead, Melinda. You were going to say um, something. I was. No, oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, um, I think you know. To your point, getting people involved in the chapters and getting them not just involved but wanting to be a part of the growth of that chapter right for me i see like stuff like your podcast as like your appetizer you know you're just like okay here's a little taste of what you could get when you go to conferences to listen to speakers right now we're talking about our full meal here I don't know what is up with me in food. Anyway, but you know our our full meal here, and then on top of that, you get the dessert of asking questions and having that instant um, answers to your questions, being mm-hmm. able to talk to people. Yeah. You know, so when you you're at these meetings and stuff it's you have all these resources right there it's not okay i'm going to send out an email and wait for a response and that kind of stuff it's just it's so nice to have that ability to be able to just have a conversation and plus sometimes we know when you send emails or your you know text messages you're you can't get it all across yeah. as having a conversation well, right now the other good point that uh, making about in-person events is i met Stefan at an in-person nice. seminar. I mean, that's literally where I met him. So, I mean, you make connections with people that then help you out later in your career. So it's it's important. well, that's very nice. But I have to tell you, it wasn't me. It was also Mr. Rowell. Hey, you doing, Sharon? But right, we went and had a drink. We did. We did. We had some to eat. Water. Yeah, water. water. And water. what did we do? We we convinced you to start looking for that part of California. This Central Valley, am mm-hmm. I saying? Yep. It was lost in the bigger group, and mm-hmm. people weren't getting. I think we had 50 or 60 people that one time. Mm-hmm. It was the first time Adam did his amazing things with the emails or whatever. And that chapter is still going strong now because people need it. And now we're able to go back in person, and we hope, like, I like the appetite are these things, but now start getting active and involved you know i think that's real real important it's kind of funny because we're talking about uh you know where where's the you know the historical standpoint of the of the industry and then we talk about how we had to pivot and then make everything accessible uh during the pandemic which was an absolutely must have but then at the same time you know when you think about going forward we're all saying like we need to get back in person again. The, the value of getting back in person and doing everything. Comes full circle. Kind, yeah, it comes full circle, exactly. <laughs> and, and it's true, though. Like, every single time I go to an in-person meeting, whether it's the big conference and expo or, or the smaller chapter meetings, and sometimes, to be honest, the smaller chapter meetings, 
it's almost easier to make newer connections and uh, with people there. They come up, we have questions and, and what have you, but, uh, you know, exchange contacts. And then sometimes, you know, you kind of reach out back and forth with different questions and, and you start a relationship, which we're kind of getting really bad at that. Like, yeah. we have to, like, get back to getting good at, at those things so we can help raise the industry up, I feel. Yeah, I want to throw a curveball yeah. at my three fellow people here based on this. Yeah. Um, this is not a plug, but I want you to listen to this. What we are seeing and being asked as a company on these larger groups, in-person meetings, is to do hands-on. People want to touch and feel and do things. We've done all this remote stuff. We've shown pictures on the podcast, clean the brush this way, do this, and look at the washer and the stair, you know, all that kind of stuff. But are we not getting requests to... Can you do some hands-on? How do I touch this? What do I do? Do, you, do we not feel that one thing's led to this and you're saying we're coming back full circle, we get more people. How do we do hands-on, you know? Is that what you're also I, feeling? I think to your point, yeah. Like I feel like there's a yearning out there for like as a society and as a whole in our industry to not just sit there and listen Right. Like we, you know, they don't want to just sit there and listen to somebody reading slides. They're yeah. like, I can do this anytime I, on my own. They want the explanation behind things. Right. Yeah. There's more of a desire and more of a um, like learning the wise has become more out there of importance. Right. Before mm -hmm. it wasn't very important. It was just do this because Stefan said to do this. End oh. of story. <laughs> wow. All right. Thanks. And that's it. <laughs> You're CPD guy said, yeah. no. um, but now, you know, they're like, people are questioning that's and they right. want the whys. And so when they're at these events, it's, I can touch this and ask questions. Why does this go in here? Why mm -hmm. do I have to do it this way? But I think not just that, but just doing hands-on activities mm -hmm. in Puts general that, yeah. you know, maybe it's just an activity to bring home the presentation you're trying to do, but it gets people out of their seats. It makes them engage and interact yep. when a lot of times they'll just come to something and just say, oh, I know Stefan, I'm going to sit next to him. I'm not sitting next to Adam. And then maybe I'll sit next to Kevin, you know, like, but that's fair. But, you know, that and that's what people tend to do. They go to their little cliques and they never venture out. So yeah. if we don't break them out and make them break out of those little cliques to help network and stuff, break, break yourself out of your comfort zone, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's it's it is very, very interesting of this knowledge. And you're going to say why and. And I believe we're, we are not teaching our technicians correctly. So I don't know if you've ever heard this story. I did not attend Phyllis Smith for all the old Isham people. You ever heard of Phyllis mm -hmm. Smith? Yeah. You, you, you had two ways to get certified through Isham. You would go to Chicago for two weeks. And if you didn't get a certain percentage on each day, you were kicked out or you did the Purdue class. Um, it was hands-on, it was book learning, and one of the books you had to have was Perkins. People don't even know who Perkins are. I see all these people talking about why are things this, 
you get Perkins' book and you read it, and you will get the basic understanding of sterile processing and sterilization and clean. These are scientific principles that do not change, and you use that for the foundation. But people, okay, I brush, that's all I want to do. Why do you brush? What is friction? What is fluid? I mean, what do you see as you go out there? How do we improve the education of, the, of our fellow professionals? How do we do it? Well, I mean, I feel like that's a great question. I think there's some individuality to that. You know, people are different types of learners. But I do think, you know, uh, when it comes to education, I think almost universally, you know, just listening to a lecture or something like that is something, or just reading a book is something. But if you can bring all of the elements together where you're, you know, you might present something, then maybe actually go right from there to, doing that something or going from there to watching it and then doing it, you know, and putting all the things together, the why, the rationale, all of those things, and then actually doing the kinetic part, doing, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, that was something that, you know, in, in my experience in the operating room was, you know, for better or for worse, you know, sometimes you feel like you're, you're not necessarily prepared to go into the next case, but you have your person right there with you and you do learn throughout the case and it helps cement everything. And I don't know if we do that really with sterile processing as much as we should. You know, it's probably a little bit individual based on where you go or whatever, but. I think to your point with the operating concept, right? Like, and what Steven's saying is like, we, it's the basics, right? Let's start with our basics and saying why. Why are you doing this? Why is this happening? Teach them that basic core. And then we can say, okay, now if you take that and you move to this facility, this might change, but now you understand the whys behind it. So if somebody's asking you to do the wrong thing, you have the forethought to say, wait a second, why am I doing it this way when it should be that way? And to your point, Kevin, it's like you going, you know, as a surgical tech, you going from one case to another to another surgeon, you know, you might be doing lap appies in every case, but every surgeon has a different way of doing it. So sometimes some things you're like, you know, and then, That's but sometimes, true. you know, they're, it's just their own preference, whether they load their needles left, backwards or forwards, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it's so. And I mean, Stefan made a good point with the, the understanding why behind everything that we do. I think when people make mistakes or they skip a step and they're, they do it for a good reason. They want to go fast. They want to be able to turn things over for the next case. The, the intention is good, but they don't understand what could happen if things go bad, yeah, you know, and they assume, well, uh, the ultrasonic will do its job, the washer will do its job, so I don't need to do my job. But if you understand the way that manual cleaning works to get everything visible off, mm. then it, everything else will do its job because you did that step, not you know, in spite of you doing that wow. step. So again, it's it's understanding that scientific background when it's crunch time yeah. and when you're about to make that wrong decision. Well, yeah, you, you go first. I'll come after you. Yeah, I want to add yeah. only because this, it just came to mind because this is something that I uh, sometimes get flack for. But I do think one of the things that is missing uh, going forward for our industry is is the lack of formal education. Like yep. the, the requirement here uh, across the board is uh, with very few exceptions of five states, I think we talked about yeah. on the podcast. Uh, requiring certification um, 
there's basically a requirement of high school diploma and GED other than those five states and that to me is simply not enough. When you have a formalized higher education program, you get all of those things. You get the baseline uh, science, you get the baseline why in a standardized way. And then even you typically get clinical hours with an educator, mm -hmm. uh, not somebody provided necessarily by the hospital. Like this is the, 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 pr the provider comes from the school. And so yeah. you have a streamlined way of getting everybody up to that standard minimum competency. Yeah. And that I believe would do a lot in improving the industry going forward. Now, anybody who doesn't have formal education automatically balks at that, and I totally understand it, mm -hmm. but I do believe that that is a stronger way forward yeah. for us. I want to do on one thing I know we're trying to keep within a certain time frame, but I'm gonna, I want to take what you said and make a different topic real quick. Mm -hmm. When you skip a step, people don't understand the consequences. Yeah. We do not teach, very rarely, the law and the consequences behind, the risk management. I have sat through depositions. That's true. <laughs> I don't know if any of you three have. I have not. But I have, and it's been with mistakes and errors. We do not do a good enough job of even the managers understanding the consequences if something doesn't happen. Many of these things are settled outside, the case is closed, it, nothing happens. And one of the best examples is TAS. If they didn't have people in Seattle going and bringing all the issues with what was happening with the eyes, we would have never known that. Most of those cases are settled out of court, sealed documents, and you never know there's an issue. And that happens in every institution. I don't care where you work. It's the little secret nobody wants to talk about. But the technician needs to know right. if this doesn't happen, you're the surgical tech. You've worked in the OR. Both of you circulated and work. Certain things happen. Patients die, they don't die, there's consequences or things that go wrong, and it comes back to you and you don't have your ducks in the row, and you're a manager and you don't understand this, that has to be taught of the consequences of what really could happen. And we show it with the 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 the, the, the video with the electric shock you know where oh, yeah. you know they only see the 10 percent of the view and if you don't check here they're getting burns the legal we don't stress that enough and i know i'm yeah. sort of going on but that's what you said the why yeah. you don't know the why and this is a consequence right and you've been in cases you've seen things go whoa like and so have you oh yeah you know but um so go ahead You're no i was just gonna say to your point like i think we in the sterile processing department, you don't hear what happens, right? Yep. Like, Not so enough. to your point, that stuff gets settled and you, nobody knows what happens. I mean, it's rare as an, as a surgical tech, I knew unless I remembered a patient and said, oh, hey, Dr. So-and-so, whatever happened with that patient? Right, we don't hear those follow-ups. Yeah, we don't that know. No, no <laughs> it's not they like don't. they're like, oh, guess what? We had yeah. five lawsuits that we settled outside. You know, like yeah. I mean, but 
you know, so I think that's where there's a, a, a bit of a disconnect. Yeah. Um, and, and I think back to what we're talking about here, like the podcast, knowing things like that, having people come on and talk about their stories and their experiences, your experiences in OR, Adam, your experiences in facilities, Stefan's, your experiences in, Whatever. you know, all of your experience, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and it, it all adds to the quality and the benefit of podcasts and being able to put that information out there in brief little summit bit tidbits for them to bite on. And okay, let's move forward with a further explanation and stuff. So where you two guys want to go now? We've hit a hundred. And Ooh. what are you, you know? A hundred years? Which is great. You know, what, where are you two trying to take for the next hundred? What, what you trying to do to sort of wrap this anniversary episode with our cake coming out? I know. Right yeah, yeah, yeah where is the cake, cake anyway? Yeah, yeah. Did you order that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, maybe next time. Okay. No, I mean, maybe personally. Maybe 4,000. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, 4,000. Um, no, I mean, I would love to be one of those podcasts that, continues on um you know indefinitely you know it's 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 tough to um always prioritize things like this for for companies and i get that uh, but i hope that we'll continue to provide value you know obviously earn subscribers and listeners and things like that but ultimately just to kind of you know plant seeds for further educational growth you know mm -hmm. and whatever that whatever that means because there's some things you just can't see into the future. I mean, the evolution of the industry kind of takes shape almost around surgery, you know, like as, you know, as surgery evolves, then sterile processing must evolve. Yeah. Just like yeah. you see with the robotics uh, entering surgery, then all of a sudden our process got kind of turned on its head a little bit and, and additional steps and all of this, same with flexible endoscopes. So I guess what I would say just, you know, going forward with the podcast is just, I hope that we can continue to bring value and bring experts to the table, whether they're internal or external, uh, share collected, collected experiences amongst people and share them all over the world. I mean, and just kind of uh, help people out there um, think a little differently, be open-minded, be curious, um, be problem solvers, uh, stop being, you know, stuck in an old frame of mind mm -hmm. that, you know, nothing, you know, I want to do it the same way forever and ever. Uh, until the end, that's not what we what we should be doing, and so hopefully we can kind of plant those seeds along the way. And I, I mean, I agree with everything you just said. Um, I think that as the industry evolves, we're going to have to evolve too. And I mean, the Ask the Educator podcast is really about uh, as things change, we'll let you guys know. Hey, this is changing in the industry. Hey, AI is coming. We're going to have a lot of episodes coming about AI. I'm very sure. certain. So uh, I think that that's really what the podcast is. It's not set in one thing. It's always going to be changing and evolving, just like our industry changes. And I do want to say for posterity uh, that I started about halfway through the podcast and we're at episode 65. I do want to say thank really? you to Kevin oh, for calling me and giving yeah. me that opportunity Absolutely. to be the co-host here and. Um, you know, I know you were busy doing a lot of other things. It's all and, good. And uh, so excited to be here with you and getting to do 100 with you. And, yep. Are you guys going to And both hug? of you. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's <laughs> our romance <laughs> moment here. And to you guys. The guests are on. Yeah. And to you guys, thank you for being here on the 100th episode, too. Oh, I think that, you know, thank you for. You guys have been on quite a few of the Ask the Educator podcasts. If you like Melinda or Stefan, there are certainly more episodes with them coming. Uh, and I want to do a, give a shout out to Amanda Maddock. 
who's behind the scenes right now. Yep. Amanda is the behind the scenes person for the yep. podcast. We see you. They yeah. can't see you, but and, we see you. And again, <laughs> just does everything for us. Uh, we just kind of show up and do our thing and then we leave and we let her take care of all the hard we, stuff. We smile and, and leave. so again, yeah. public shout out to Amanda Maddock for everything she does here at Healthmark. Yeah, yep. agree, 100%. Yeah. They, no, thanks. For You're one of the OGs too. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of AI, yeah. this is not really Stefan. This is a robot, Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't shut them down yet. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> well, thanks, guys. See you at 200, maybe? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah we'll see you Definitely at 200. at 200, but better before that, too. <laughs> okay. yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks for having thanks. me on. Yeah. It's Thank been you, great. Everybody. Remember, tell us what you want us to talk about. That's very important. Okay. Yep. We love we to hear love from to talk. Yeah, we love to talk. <laughs> we love <Yeah>. to talk. <laughs> Bye-bye. All opinions expressed on this show are those of the presenters. Before using any medical device, it is important to review the device manufacturer's instructions for use.